Welcome to MDA Insights, the podcast where we bring you the latest in training and development trends straight from the experts at MDA Training. Absolutely thrilled to have Razan Kilani back with us, a seasoned expert certified by the International Coach Federation and a maestro in six seconds emotional intelligence. Today, we're stepping into the dynamic second part of our discussion on addressing employee motivation challenges, tips and strategies for HR leaders. Hold tight as we tackle the age-old question, does money reign supreme as the ultimate motivator? Get ready for an exploration of thriving, challenging environments and optimizing teamwork dynamics. The excitement does not stop. Episode 18 continues our engaging dialogue with Razan. So sit back, relax and indulge in another enriching podcast experience. Does it ultimately come down to though? Money. Because don't people just see motivation, you know, as, well, I want to see that in my pay packet. Mm. Uh, But, you know, yeah, but isn't that, often that's quite short term. Mm-hmm. In the respect that, yeah, you get that little boost and then a month later, same again, you know, so. Yeah, well, um, often as HR, we think that if you want to motivate someone, we should increase their pay. However, this has proven through research that it has a temporary problem, as you just said, Bob. So if you uh, teach your employees that every time you do something right, there's a raise, then some kind of entitlement uh, starts growing in your workplace. And so then employees lack motivation because if they're not paid, they feel, you know, victimized or they feel like they're underappreciated. And so um, also, on the other hand, this is one of the ways um, in which we find um, low trust, high performance um, employees being rewarded. So because they focus on high achievement, um, they get uh, um, rewarded uh, financially. And so they set a standard for the rest of the employees. And so then employees learn that, you know, I don't care to have empathy or to work as a as part of a team or to even uh, be transparent about the information that I have or the emails that I receive. Um, I just want to be like that person, right? And so... It creates entitlement and, and, and toxic competition. So um, that's why money, um, whereas it's good, it's not bad. Of course, it's good. And also, I do argue that employees have to be paid uh, fairly. And, um, you know, they have to feel that their attendance uh, and their abilities are financially uh, rewarded. Um, on the other hand, what motivates employees is to feel appreciated and recognized and um, and celebrated. Like when you do something right, when you prove yourself, you are being uh, celebrated for that uh, effort. And so this uh, creates some sort of um, uh, loyalty. So the employees feel comfortable and they feel secure and they feel like they belong in the workplace. And so their insecurities uh, get reduced. Um, and then they start working more on synergy. 
like uh, synergizing with our team members, with the other teams in the company to make work um, happen and, you know, most efficiently and successfully. And so it, money is not a long-term type of motiva- motivator. Um, no stress is a good motivator, by the way. So if the work environment does not have stress, it highlight- highlights our missions um, with simple rules very clearly. If um, everyone is recognized and appreciated and, and also role models are exhibiting and showing empathy, then this creates um, that you know, deep-rooted uh, sense of belonging inside of the employee's psyche and also it makes them want to work and cooperate. So often what corrupts an employee's psyche is toxicity, workplace toxicity, rude behaviors, workplace incivility, where someone is humiliating uh, someone else or bullying them or calling them names. Sometimes it's the manager doing that, you know, using power or control over them. So these are the demotivators. The motivators reading um, lie behind purpose recognition and good intent so if if hr can work on these three principles then hopefully it's going to reduce uh that sense of toxicity and and help employees bond better work better together and learn experiences and growth and what a fantastic you know insights there you know seriously that was that was superb one you know you've you've more than addressed our theme for today in you know in what we've gone through to move it back from HR, just for the final bit before we sort of close off our, our podcast for today, you know, again, looking on your profile, you've got that fantastic um, mummy help coach, mm-hmm. you know, and in I for one can, you know, and I'm sure Paul also, you know, our wives work, they take, you know, we share responsibilities at home. There's lots of things going on. My wife in particular has a much more stressful job than myself. She's a, a psychologist going out and meeting people who are very vulnerable and, and whatnot. She comes home sometimes with things where she's had to call a critical team in because this person potentially is going to harm themselves or possibly take their lives. And there's and uh, there's me worrying about maybe I've got a proposal I've got to submit by 10 o'clock in the morning. Completely whole different ballgame. But she copes and she's still there for the kids, puts them to bed, whatnot, sits there, watches TV with me. You know, my goodness, the resilience she shows, you know, I'm in awe of. How do you sort of, what, what kind of work do you do in that space with the sort of the mums that you work with? Well, basically, um, I have a similar lifestyle. So uh, most of the cases that I have are real problems. And um, they're not, in, in terms of severity, they're not as severe as uh, what your wife probably uh, experiences. However, uh, most of the day I get to hear about people's problems and stressors, etc. And so um, I have kids well um i have my own uh, freelance business and uh, i do have social obligations as well being part of family and so how do we manage um well i think it's uh purpose you know when you come from the perspective of purpose when you find that what you're doing has a long-term purpose that aligns with your intentions and then you know you're gonna put all your energy into it so of course people differ in terms of their talents and abilities or stress management um and this is what builds resilience so um you know some people call it uh, multitasking however scientifically it's referred to as switch so women 
on average, in general, are known for being better actors. They can switch from one path to another and, you know, perform well in each one of them. So there are personal differences um, when it comes to resilience, but stress management is key. You know, how how a person um, reframes what they do is extremely important. And so if it has meaning, then even if you get vulnerable sometimes, even if you identify with a client's problem or a patient's problem, um, then you know how to be the best sounding board that that person needs, you know, not to get personally immersed in their problems. And so these are abilities, of course, and talents and skills that you learn when you work with people who, you know, share their problems with you and their feelings. So it's it can get quite heavy sometimes, but when you put everything in proportion, then it's workable. And, and can I pick up on that, Razad? Because in a way, what what you seem to be describing is is a is a is a a logical block to the emotional reaction. The emotion is always real. Anger is real. Fear is real. But how you cope with the emotion seems to be what you're describing. That that kind of logical, rational, you know, prefrontal lobe element of the brain that just will intercept an emotional response and rationalize it very quickly with a sense of purpose, with a sense of logical thinking. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think workplaces need to honor um, wisdom and also emotional intelligence when we see it. Um, we need to recognize as not soft skills, but these are key skills that glue team members together. So instead of just uh, rewarding behavior, regardless of whether it's good or bad or negative or positive, um, we ought to focus on the trait that um, makes us human, basically, before professionals. And then, um, you know, noticing if this person has a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. If someone, you know, Carol Dweck's book talks about a mindset, you know, it's titled mindset, talks about the, the fixed mindset that never changes and the, the growth mindset that always grows. So we want to harbor more growth into everyone's mindset in the workplace. So that could be through, you know, allowing employees to, you know, expand their knowledge we might fund some of the courses that they do, um, the degrees that they do. Um, we recognize them for it, if, you know, internally. We celebrate their successes. And so this is quite important because, um, yeah, as, as you just said, you know, when when the work environment is toxic, it's reactive. And so reactivity lacks wisdom. And so nothing productive, no growth can come out of that. So we want work environments where there's logical interaction, there is rationality, there's wisdom, um, and values as well. So we want to start um, at cleaning our work environment, detoxifying our work environments. I see that, um, um, you know, MPs have been talking about cleaning the environment, but they're not thinking of cleaning the work environment. And I'll leave that pause there, Roseanne. We lost you just a little bit, and then there was a bit of limpsic limpsic issue. But we'll be able to we'll be able to yeah. cut that out. Paul, I can tell you're bursting to say your usual about soft skills. Please, I can tell you're bursting at the seams. I was so bursting at the seams, but it was only, it's an expression that I use all the time. There is nothing soft about soft skills when they go wrong, uh, and I think 
I, and, and I'm, I'm always keen to, to make sure that, the, in fact, the language is wrong um, because it suggests soft, but it isn't. It's hard. These are really hard skills, hard edged, but also hard to learn. Yeah, that's true. And also, the, we've allowed work environments to become so toxic that we haven't cleaned them. This is the point that I was talking about when my voice was not working. So, um, you know, like you see MPs fighting over environmental issues, but no one talks about workplace or uh, workplace environment, the toxic environment, you know, in the workplace. And so this is this is what we need to pay attention to because everyone is spending the large part of their day there at work every day all over the world. And so we've we've allowed work environments to remain toxic just for the sake of delivering results. And I think we we've been going about it the wrong way. You know, we need to really cultivate a growth mindset that embrace vulnerability and to help employees thrive. You know, because in toxic environments, uh, employees experience vulnerability alone. They feel isolated, and so they can't function as a team. And also, they can't show their creative work because creativity is hindered by um, pressure. And so, yeah, so I think we need to sort of uh, reverse that, and we need to to create clean uh, work environments psychologically. And there was so many things that we can talk about, uh, including, you know, office-based work environments and remote-based work environments, which yeah. probably doesn't help that that channel. Yeah. Maybe that's something for another time. Or and I think it is because I think it is quite often when you talk about like ESG, it's always the sort of the E and the S, but the G bit, the governance bit, you know, which can link very much into the organisation and the kind of things of diversity and. Uh, yeah freedom of to express yourself and all that kind of thing comes into it very much so Roseanne that's been a fantastic uh, podcast you know on, on behalf of Paul and myself you know thank you very much for your time today there's been some fantastic insights there lots of tips lots of strategies for HR leaders um, so thank you very much for your time and uh, hopefully we uh, we record something else again in uh, you know in the, in the months ahead Thank you so much for having me. And if I could be of help, you know, I'm very happy to do it. And it's very nice meeting you. That's all for today's episode of MDA Insights. At MDA Training, we take a unique approach to training and development. We don't just focus on the theory. We focus on real world application of that theory. We work with our clients to understand their specific needs and design experiential training solutions to meet those needs. But it's not just about the training. We work with our clients to help them achieve measurable results and create real behavior change in the workplace. We hope you found this information valuable from our podcast today. If you did, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. We'll be back next week with more insights and expert advice. Thanks for listening.